Well, so I had an insight early this week that shaped, um, again, shaped my faith, and it also shaped a little bit about the way I have been praying this, since then. Um, I think it was Tuesday morning. Maybe not. Maybe it was Monday morning. Can't remember. Anyway, um, I was with the Lord, journaling, talking, and I felt like he said, I want you to declare some, something over President Trump, and I want you to declare something over the Supreme Court and Supreme Court justices. And so um, what, what I'm trying to learn to do, regardless of what the request is, is just listen, hear it, write it down, and then do it. And so anyway, uh, what I felt like the Lord said, and it, when, I, when I had written that down, was to declare over President Trump that mercy triumphs over judgment. And so I said, okay. And uh, I just laid my journal down and I stuck my hands up in the air and, and I kind of focused my attention on President Trump. And it was really cool. I saw a very vivid image of him. And uh, he, was, he was standing uh, kind of with his head down. And I just spoke it over him, you know, President Trump. And mercy triumphs over judgment. When I said it, I just got a love in my heart from him. It was like amazing. And I like the guy anyway. But it was, it, was, it was like a, it was something coming out spiritually, you know. And so it was amazing. I just kind of lingered there for a while and, and continued to pray for him. And I said it two or three more times. Uh, mercy triumphs over judgment, Mr. President. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And, uh, and so then I, in my effort to obey, I was then going to shift gears and I was going to make that declaration over the Supreme Court. And as I began to open my mouth, the Lord said, I don't want you to say that over the Supreme Court. <laughs> and that was kind of cool. And uh, I mean, that was cool that he interrupted me. Otherwise, I'd have just blindly gone forward. And he said, I want you to declare over the Supreme Court and over all the justices that righteousness exalts a nation. I said, okay. And so I got ready to start praying, and I realized, much to my own embarrassment before the Lord, I didn't know the names of all the Supreme Court justices. And I knew, because when I ran through my head, I didn't get to nine. <laughs> and so I got my phone, and I flipped through it, and I realized that I had, uh, I had never, I even have a recollection of Elena Kagan. I think it's her name. Is that Elena Kagan? Anyway, uh, and I remembered Breyer, and I remember Sotomayor, and, and of course I knew uh, Justice Thomas and others. But, so anyway, so I, I just took my phone, and I did essentially the same thing that I was going to do with President or I did with President Trump. But I started with, uh, uh, I guess, Justice Alito, because it was alphabetical or something. But um, I just declared over you. And, and I, the one I really particularly remember was uh, Justice Breyer. Because I was looking at him, and I got a picture of him in, in, in my heart and in my mind. And I said, Justice Breyer, sir, righteousness exalts a nation. And I was filled with the same love. It was amazing. And I saw him. I just saw him in my heart and in my spirit. And I saw him as a servant. And I saw him, and it wasn't about uh, necessarily the judicial philosophy or anything like that, but I, I, it was very powerful. I, I, personally, very powerful. And I felt like I was partnering with the Lord to accomplish something. And I, I worked my way through all the justices. I had a very similar experience with all of them. And then I, I 
declared, I, I envisioned them actually sitting in a deliberation room, which I don't know if there's a deliberation room, but I look like that's what they were doing. They were all sitting around uh, talking. And, and I was declaring, I continued to declare, righteousness exalts a nation. And faith began to rise up in me that, that if the efforts of the legal team to uncover uh, the fraud, and if it's multi-state and extensive, that the, that the Supreme Court's going to hear that, and that each of those justices are going to have a revelation that there comes a time in everyone's career and a time in a nation when when you have to lay all the other variables aside and you have to do what you're called to do and put here to do for the sake of saving whatever, in this case, it was the union. And I just had faith well up in me that when a, when the facts make their way to the Supreme Court and the arguments go on and everything, that they were there deliberating and under the weight of conviction of their significance and their service, and that there could be a 9 and no decision. And so that was something to... I've been praying it every day since then. Uh, and I just envision the difference between a 5-4 decision and the impact it would make on people and a 9 and no decision. And Justice Breyer, for whatever reason, came back to mind again, and he was just very seriously deliberating this issue. And it was, um, you know, there comes a time in every person's service when you have to step up. And it was, it was very powerful. So um, it did kind of distract me. I know there's a lot still going on in, in uh, Pennsylvania and stuff, but uh, that's been where my focus was, and I shared that with a few guys on Tuesday. So uh, I just would like to make those two declarations again, if we could. And uh, if, and we had an interesting conversation at breakfast. Dave uh, Doherty says, man, I don't know if I should take that. It's your revelation, but it sure feels like to me. And I, well, that's the good thing about the Lord, being alive. You can just ask him and then do whatever he leads you to do. But Father, I thank you for the privilege of, of being able to partner with you in any way in this. And we've done it in a few, and there's more to go, I'm sure. And you're not shy about leading us and, and causing us to, to partner with you. And so, Father, I do lift President Trump before you. And over you, sir, I declare that mercy triumphs over judgment. I declare all the liberty that that brings. I declare all the life that that brings. I declare all the room for justice that that brings. I declare all of the light that that carries. I pray that your heart would be both strengthened and eased under the declaration and under the revelation that mercy triumphs over judgment. I extend that to your wife and to your son and to your kids, to your staff and to the administrative staff in the White House. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Be set free by that. Be encouraged by that. Be strengthened by that. And over the Supreme Court and over each of the justices, I make the declaration, we make the declaration that righteousness exalts a nation. I call forth 
your spirit of service that put you in this position in the first place. This significant position. This unique, really, position. Nine. Nine justices. I declare over you the heavenly reality, the cosmic reality, that righteousness exalts a nation. And may you embrace your opportunity to help us learn and see, to help the media learn and see, to help the politicians learn and see that righteousness exalts a nation. Thank you, Lord. Bless those men and women and bless them as a body. Man, the only other specific prayer request that I had is uh, reinforced a little bit when Jeannie came up here and, about us wanting truth and, and justice. Uh, one of the things, and I haven't listened to tons of stuff because it kind of gets me off focus, <laughs> but um, there is a, a battle of disregard going on in the consciousness of our country over truth. And the uh, people, I'm trying to put myself in a position of a normal person who witnessed something wrong and comes forward with my name on the paper, you know, the affidavit, signing it and everything. The kind of courage that takes, the kind of devotion. I, I think there's lots and lots of people in our country that have it. But there is a public driven by politics, driven by the media, driven by cynicism, uh, driven by arrogance and ignorance, there is a public disregard for that kind of courage and the truth that it represents. And it's, it's almost like the, uh, the, the significance of sworn affidavits under penalty of perjury don't count anymore. And it's another thing that I think the father of lies is assaulting. And so I'd like us to pray for, uh, for those witnesses. And I'd like us to pray. And I'm praying right in line, Jeannie, with what you said about the blood of Jesus um, exposes all the falsehoods, all the lies, all the alternatives. Um, so are you up here to pray? It's related. Yeah, yeah great. Um, I had heard recently about um, just the concept that if you don't feel like you are being heard, you don't feel like you have a place to be heard, you're being censored, however you want to term it, mm -hmm. that the more that happens, the more likely violence will come forth. Mm -hmm. And so left or right, not feeling like they're being heard um, is something that I think we need to pray with sure. as well. Absolutely. So I can cover both. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Just pray for those witnesses, pray for the... Sure. Um, I don't know, the value of truth? Yeah. 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 Father, we lift to you those that have a voice and feel like they are not able to bring forth resolution or at least let it be heard. And we also pray for those that have spoken and even under penalty of perjury yes. and what that means for them. We ask that you would help the people in this nation respect those things on both sides of the equation, and that your peace 
would come and that your ability to bring forth um, avenues of receptivity that is not there right now yes, would change and so that the life that is brought forth by these words that you bring life by words that that would come through through your creation us your people all of us yes sir. in jesus name amen and lord lastly i, I want to just reiterate life in the gap that laurel was declaring lord that uh, it's going to require that people come from both sides and meet in the middle on this and i i declare life i declare an attractiveness of life and righteousness and goodness and mercy and grace and the satisfaction of goodness the kindness of god leads to repentance so i i declare kindness in that gap and all the gaps the gaps that are separating and and that are accepted as a norm now we say no we reject them as normal we reject the six-foot social distancing as normal. And we call life to be in those gaps and that it would be attractive to people from both halves of the, of, of the border. Thank you, Lord. Father, continue to lead us as we give, as we pray, uh, uh, as we track and follow what is going on. Help us to be nimble to hear and bold to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I, uh, I I told somebody you'd be proud of me. I'm proud of myself. I can't remember the last time that I, in preparation and praying and thinking, remembered a holiday. And uh, I, I, I was going to try to take some time and look something up. Uh, I was trying to think of the worst event uh, in my life that would have been around some kind of national holiday or something. And, I, I, you know, it's not, the, not a fun thing to think about, but I was obviously alive for um, Martin Luther King's assassination and for Robert Kennedy's. I don't remember the time of the year, and I didn't look it up. When I was very little, I was like... Uh, four or five, maybe five, I think. Uh, the Bay of Pigs happened, and my family all lived near a big sack base in Texas, and we lived in the mountains in Rios, New Mexico, and so they all came up, and I just thought it was a family reunion. I didn't really know what was going on, going on but they were fleeing because they thought that their town was going to get nuked. And um, I was a little too young to understand the import of that. So um, Vietnam, I was... Uh, in the last stages of the Vietnam draft, I, uh, my lottery number was 360 on my birthday. You remember how they did the lottery? And so there was very little chance of me being drafted that last year. So there was obviously a lot of trauma going on in the country then. But uh, so having said all that, as I ponder my 65 years experience, this has got to be the weirdest Thanksgiving approaching that I've ever experienced. I can't think of a weirder one. Uh, the very fundamentals of Thanksgiving are being challenged by things that have a tendency to produce cynicism in me. Uh, you know, I mean, when, when lies uh, cannot be defended or distinguished from the truth in, the, in our culture, when 
governing authorities feel at liberty to say, uh, you can go someplace, but you have to leave two of your kids in the car <laughs> you know, before you go in. I mean, these are, these are invasions that are beyond anything I think any of us could have ever thought. And uh, Thanksgiving is just a few days away. And various state governors are telling you what you can and can't do with your family. And, and we, we're, so we're facing a, a, a ridiculous and uh, time that could breed all kinds of frustration and cynicism. Uh, I, I can't remember a holiday except maybe the 4th of July when uh, I wanted to uh, exercise civil disobedience for the sake of the celebration. Uh, and the reason it was 4th of July is, you know, there's a burn ban and still want to have sparklers <laughs> or something stupid. Like, that's about the extent of my, my rebelliousness. But all of those decisions are being forced on us. We're all being confronted with those. Uh, and the answers are not easy on them because they speak of areas like uh, courtesy, safety, um, being a law-abiding person, um, they stir up, in me anyway, a sense of rebellion and uh, a kind of judgment on how ridiculous it seems some of the things are to me. Um, it's also striking at the core of the, the self-reliance and the independence that we have as Americans. And some of that probably needs to be struck at a little bit, you know, but I would much prefer that that come by the conviction of the Holy Spirit than the mandate of the governor because I don't think that's going to get us anywhere uh, internally. So anyway, I was thinking about it, and I thought, well, we can either just give up on Thanksgiving, which has so many negative implications that I can't even imagine doing that, or we can pray about it. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. So I was rummaging through Scripture, and I... I came up with this passage, which I thought was, any other time I would have thought it would have been kind of like an exaggeration over the top, but bring my soul out of prison so that I may give thanks to your name. I don't know that that's over the top right now. I feel like that there's uh, forces, spiritual principalities and powers, and I feel like there's governmental forces aligning with those things and people and authority and Abuses of those authority and power. So, Father, I am going to just ask right now that you would set us at liberty. Break off any chains that we've accumulated or that people have tried to put on us. We reject those. Not to be rebellious, Lord. Not to be unsafe. Not to be lawbreakers. But to be free. You, you died so that we could be free. Free and, and you cautioned us in your word to not use our freedom as a license for sin, but rather to serve one another. And so, Father, as close as I've ever been, I've got some friends here that were a little closer. Set us free from prison. Break us out. Lift us up so that we can give thanks to your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this is going to be the least complicated message I will have given in a long time.
Here are three simple reasons for Thanksgiving. I just want to create three categories. And now I want to warn you, I need you guys to participate, okay, on the mic and on Zoom. The first one is, okay, so why have gratitude? Why, what can we be thankful for? Because there's a lot that seems it's infringed on, okay? But Father's love, work, and purpose is still happening to me. And you're me. It's still happening to you. Father's love, His work, and His purpose is happening to you and to me. The second one is that Father's love, work, and purpose is happening to other people that I love. Just like it was leading up to Thanksgiving last year when none of these thoughts had entered our heads. Father's love, work, and purpose is also happening in the cosmos. We studied about that in John, and I, I just so appreciated that, we, that the, as big as we tried to make the cosmos, at least some of that bigness has stuck in me, and I think it's stuck in you. So these three things, Father's love, Father's work, Father's purpose is happening in me, and that deserves thanksgiving, right? Father's love, His work, His purpose is happening in you, and I love you. So that deserves thanksgiving. Richard said he loved me. It was just a couple days ago. So he's got a reason to be thankful because that's, that's going on in me. And then in the cosmos, and we could stay here till Thanksgiving, probably coming up with reasons to be thankful and to have gratitude for what God is doing in the cosmos. So these are realities that, that the governors or the scientists, the doctors, they can't do. Even the, the crazy ones that attack people in malls. They can't stop this from happening. They can't make it not happen. They can't so dirty the water that you can't see it happening. They can't so pollute the air that you can't breathe in the work and the purpose of, of God. Okay? So I, I just wanted to come up with some scripture to kind of hang this on. Papa, I'm grateful for you and what you're doing in me. Can you say that with me? Papa, I'm grateful for you and what you're doing in me. So here's, here's the, the psalm. Psalm 139. And I, I kind of broke it up. I didn't want to put all 14 verses up there. Oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know me when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. So the first work that's going on that I am really grateful for is that the Lord absolutely knows me. I'm not a mystery to Him. There's nothing hidden. He knows me. Now, what's the implication of that? If I were to read the rest, and I could, but I, I think there's plenty on here. So down in verse 11, it says, if, if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night. Even darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. They're not alike to me. When I feel darkness closing in, my thanker starts to clog up. But, thank you that yours doesn't, Lord. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. 
And I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then this is the part that really strikes me as the thing that that pulls gratitude out of me the most. The fact that God's working on me. Because I think everybody thinks that God probably has an opinion about them, but I don't think they know this. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Sometimes I think my own soul has to remind me of how amazing God thinks I am. Now, I don't always behave like an amazing person. And I don't have to have a fantastically long memory to conjure up one of those occasions. (laughs) But... Those do not define me. This defines me. Those did not know me while I was in my mother's womb or even before. He does. Those don't have the authority or the power to rob me of the name that he calls me or that he has prepared for me to receive on that white stone. None of those things have that kind of power. Neither do the governor's mandates for masks or six foot distance or, you know, putting your mask on between bites. Neither do the political weirdnesses that are already coming out and the suggestions of things which are crazy. They do not have the ability to rob me unless I'm willing to let them to rob me of the reality of who I am in Christ and who God made me to be. And so... I have that to be thankful for. Okay? Papa, I'm grateful for Holy Spirit and what you're doing in others whom I love. And I've just got a couple of representative passages of Scripture, but you know this is true. Think of people that you care about. Think of friends. Think of family. Think of one another in this room. Think of other people that are scattered out here and there. I just spent time with Joel and Jennifer. And uh, Joel said something to me that, that was interesting. We were out talking about plans and so on out in the motorhome, plans for his ministry and stuff. And he goes, Larry, please don't give up on me and on us. And I thought, my God, what would give you the idea that that thought had ever entered my mind? <laughs> you know, I don't think it was anything I said. What I think is, that we're all subject to these same kind of accusations. We're all subject to the undermining of, of what God really knows about us and thinks about us. And, and so uh, I assured him that that wasn't the case uh, in a number of ways. So, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2-4, We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and the steadfastness of hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of our God and Father, knowing, brethren, loved by God, His choice of you. His choice of you. If there is a single righteous, defining reality, you are chosen by God. And you can apply that however you want to monkey with your doctrinal system. It can be that, you know, uh, we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. That He chose you. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. 
chosen, elect, holy. This is a big deal. People around us, each other, his choice of you. Everybody you're looking at. This is the significance, I think, of what we've been wrestling with on this Christ in you, the hope of glory thing, is uh, I'm really, really definitely trying to learn how to think about that and talk about it, not as a doctrine, but as a reality from God's perspective. Just like I think about reconciliation as a reality from God's perspective. God was in Christ reconciling the whole cosmos to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. From God's side, that's how it looks. From our side, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation so we could say to one another, hey, wake up, be reconciled to God. So this is a God's side revelation about the people around me that I, that I love, like you guys and you of me and of those people in our lives. Here's another example, just an example of Scripture. Acts 16, 31 through 34. And they said, have faith in the Lord Jesus. This is at the, uh, at the response to the question that the jailer asked, what must I do to be saved? Uh, you know, they were in the, they were in the prison, and Paul's in prison, and um, the earthquake and everything happened. The jailer thought for sure he was going to, I don't even know if he was asking about being saved spiritually. He was probably asking about not being executed by the, by the commander or whatever. But who knows? Anyway, he asked the right question to the right guys because they had an answer. And they said, have faith in the Lord Jesus and you and your house shall be saved. This thought came to mind about how blessing extends to those around us, how parents can can, uh, have confidence in what God has planned and is now doing, the work that he's now doing in their children, even their grown adult, not-headed children. He's growing. He's working. He's building it. And so I I looked up this phrase because I wanted to find where this was in Acts. And there's a bunch of stuff. Lydia, just before this, Paul meets Lydia in in, in Philippi. And he has the same kind of experience and the same kind of comment. It says, after she and her whole household were baptized, Cornelius and his whole household got the revelation of God. God's into doing things with the people that you love. He is into it. And they said, have faith in the Lord Jesus and you and your house shall be saved. And they spoke the word of God to him along with those of his household. And at that hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. And at once, he and all his people were baptized. And bringing them up to the house, he set out a table for them and rejoiced along with the whole household at having come to have faith in God. You see that? Isn't that cool? I mean, it's not like a deep theological point. It just shows what God's about. You and your household. Little Sam, across the fence. Kids back in Pennsylvania, you know. Nieces, nephews. People wearing masks in your household, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's just because people fart a lot. But <laughs> when you have to have a mask on you at all times, it comes in handy sometimes with things like that. Anyway, do you see what I'm saying? Uh, for people that you love. So let's be thankful. You guys have people coming through your house all the time. God loves them. He's He's there. Robin and the girls, kids scattered all over the country, grandkids scattered all over. 
It's a tremendous, it's a tremendous thing. Papa, I'm grateful for Jesus and what you are doing throughout the cosmos. That one thing that uh, ascensions have done, they have provided some very real actionable intelligence over the last few weeks, actually several weeks, but specifically over the last few weeks as we're thinking about praying for elections and stuff. But the other thing that, that repeated contact with the Lord of the cosmos does is it keeps you in touch with the fact that the world's bigger than, than your issues. The cosmos is a big place, and he's the king of the whole thing. And that is really cool. Because perspective sometimes is everything. At the very least, sometimes it's, it's context. Isaiah 25.1, O oh Lord, now listen to this, O oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name. For you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. Wow. That doesn't leave a lot of room for anxiety and discouragement. Read it again. This one really struck me. Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and I will give thanks to your name for you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. Now that's one thing to say about you or I, but that's something else to say about God. That the plans that you formed long ago are being executed with perfect faithfulness. I don't even really know how to think about that. But it sounds good. Here's our scripture that we looked at at John a few weeks ago. And whoever sees me sees him who has sent me. I have come as a light into the cosmos so that everyone who has faith in me might not remain in darkness. And then here's this negative thing which gives me so incredibly much hope in our current situation in our country. And if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I came not that I might judge the cosmos, but that I might save the cosmos. That is so incredible. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus is the plan formed long ago being executed in perfect faithfulness. And then the last little one, in Romans 8, 18 and 19. And if there was ever a verse that ought to bring a prescient comfort today, for I reckon the suffering of the present time to be of no worth, before the coming glory that will be revealed to us. For the earnest expectation of creation anxiously awaits the revelation of the sons of God. Wow. Part of that plan formed long ago, being executed faithfully and perfectly, is that we are, be, are predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Gifts given to the church are so that we might grow up into the fullness and the measure and the stature of Christ.
that um, assurance that Jesus promised when the Spirit was poured out is that in that day you'll know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. And Father, he prayed, that they may be one as we are one, you and me, and I and you, that they may be one and know and that the world will know that you love me. So the gap, Laurel, that you were praying about, that hole between things, I think she has headphones on. The uh, All right, the rest of you. The gap that Laurel was praying about. <laughs> the gap that Laurel was praying about, that's what Christ is sent into. And he's the desire of the nations. So, Papa, I'm grateful for Jesus and for what you're doing throughout the cosmos because you are fulfilling your plan with perfect faithfulness. And that plan is Jesus. And that plan is you and me. So, make sense? All right. So here's our deal. Here's reasons that I can offer thanksgiving. Father's love, work, and purpose is happening in me. That's something. Category two is Father's love, work, and purpose is happening in others that I love. And category category three is Father's love, work, and purpose happening in the cosmos. So that, dear friends, is the end of the prepared message. Here is a microphone. Thank you, buddy. And uh, I would absolutely love and admonish you to come up and give thanks for one of these three things in one of these three categories. And I'm going to sit right here. Riley, keep me posted on what's going on in Zoom, okay? So I thank God for this being able to be true in me. So there was times not too long ago where I can remember trying to figure out what I am really thankful for. And it wouldn't come through anywhere near like it is now. Primarily due to my relationship with God being very different now. And I know God loves me. And I know he's good. And I know he's in me. So it's, uh, for me, amazingly simple now to be thankful. Amen. Whereas before I had to work at it. So it's pretty cool, and that's because of you guys, very much because of you, but mostly because of God. Amen. So that's cool. Amen. All right, there's one for category one. Yeah, yeah. Turn around so they can see your face a little bit better. You don't need to look at me. Um, <clears throat> I had the opportunity to be on a, a Zoom call today. Uh, it was... Um, uh, a virtual um, uh, memorial service for a friend of ours that passed away. And uh, it was a, when Jen and I heard about it, it was, uh, it was a shock because this gal is, is younger than us, and, um, but um, younger than me. Excuse me. Young, Let's be clear here. Me. <laughs> so I was on this, uh, first of all, yeah, during the Zoom call, uh, they started out with a song, a um, song that I don't recall hearing before, and I'm sure uh, you know it, but I didn't recall it, but it was, um, He Knows My Name. <laughs> and when I, when I heard it, and I was just listening to it, He Knows My Name. Thank you, God. It just 
meant so much to me that he knows my name. And I started thinking about my past and just even in my childhood and remembering those times that he came and touched me during those times. And as a child, remembering that he knew me then. Um, anyway, that was a thankful moment that I had with him as, as, as this song was going. And then he knows your name also. <laughs> Something you can be thankful for. And as, uh, as the, the uh, service progressed, um, his uh, children gave uh, testimonies and, and a pastor came on and, and told his story. And then his, uh, her uh, husband, Stan, came on and talked about their relationship for 33 years and how wonderful it was and the things that God did with, um, with them and through their family. And this would, this would encompass others I love. Uh, these are friends of Jen's and I, and um, these are people that uh, we love and, and, um, and knew. And then there were some others that we, that we didn't know, but um, uh, seeing God's love being uh, talked about during this time. And then it also went into, uh, not only in, in the United States, but uh, they brought in people from Italy. Mm. So this would be more in the cosmos. Mm. And you could see how, how God was just moving throughout this, uh, the world here through this couple that God had, had uh, used to touch other people. And um, it was just, a, although it was uh, virtual, it was, um, it was an amazing service. And she was an amazing friend, an amazing woman, uh, had, a des had a strong desire to see um, God's word go out and God, uh, people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, as she knew, she knew him. And one of her things that she wanted was, um, if ever I die, don't lay hands on me, because I want to be with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's, that's beautiful. Thanks, Tim. All right. Alan, did I see your hand up? All right, we're going to follow Tim there. And then I, I see some others, too. So this Do you want Alan to go first, Larry? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm just a person that has always been thankful and grateful for anything and everything that somebody has done for me, especially God. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've had a couple close calls, <laughs> once with the sepsis and and then just recently of course with the COVID-19 but you know I knew God was faithful um, I knew that I wasn't going to die because I had his assurance and in both of those situations I just prayed until I went to sleep and I prayed Jesus loves me Jesus heals me and I was confident in that even going through the worst of it I was still confident that he was doing that in me and so I'm very grateful for that. But the thing that I'm most grateful for is the progression that I've made probably in the last three or four years in my faith, coming out of religion. And, and there's even religion tied in with some evangelism mm -hmm. and the fact that it's the same old, same old. But being stretched, you know, being stretched by you and the different teachers that you've introduced us to, 
and what they've done on the inside of me and how they've encouraged me. And then in our little church, we have a, a Nancy Cole that shows up talking about ascensions yeah. and, and how that can change our lives. And her husband, who became a dear friend, coming to our Bible studies. I just, I, I'm just so thankful that, and then everybody here, you know, this is like a family. We're a small enough church that even when the new people come in, they're part of the family. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful for that. And for the people that I love, first and foremost, I, I just want to thank God for Meg. She is a wonderful woman and a real blessing to me in so many ways. Amen. And I mean that truly. Uh, she was with me thick and thin through a lot of things, including those two illnesses. And thank God for her. And all the good friends that I have here and everywhere. And then the cosmos, you know, just like you, Larry, I am so thankful for the ascension times that we have, both through Gain and through Joyland, that we get up and we get to see and we get to pray for the world and we get to pray for our president and, and the election and, and everything that's going on. We have faith and we have hope because of those times that we have with the Lord. So Amen. I am thankful. Amen. Amen. See, we don't have to let uh, all these weird things steal Thanksgiving from us. We just don't. Alan? Yeah, we can hear you. You me okay? That's good. I, I, I think the most amazing thing is we've just, I've just celebrated, it's just been 12 months since Ben went back to be with Jesus as my son. And that night, 12 months ago, God said to me, he gave me uh, Ephesians 3, and it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all the what I could ask or think through the power who works in me. Like the fact is that I'm here today with you you guys, and, you know, it's, it's, it's 100 degrees in, in Dubbo today, where it's, it's about two, it's about thirty odd degrees in in your place, but God still brings us together. And the other thing, your God continually tells me, and I'm so thankful for. Like I still haven't seen my my beautiful five children for for three years now, going on for three years. But as God says, don't ever underestimate what I'm doing in you, through you, and around you. And I say that to everyone there. Don't ever underestimate what God is doing in you, through you, and around you. Perfectly to the, the little line I had on the thing about uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Papa, thank you for Holy Spirit and what you're doing in the ones that I love. Because when Jesus made that promise that uh, we're going to send the Spirit and He's going to be with you and in you, and I just sense that dynamic in, in, in even what you're saying. So we have confidence that even if, if somebody throws a wall up to the Holy Spirit, they can't keep Him from being with them. I don't think they can actually keep Him from being in them either. But it's just every resource that God has is to make what the Father has given the Son known. And then one of the beautiful things that Jesus said as the explanation of that is, oh, and by the way, Everything the Father has everything, and He's given that to me. So that's awesome. We love having you with us, brother. We're a little jealous over the temperature, but uh, we love having you with us. So, what time is it there this morning? Uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. So it's it, yeah. Sorry. 100 degrees. It's beautiful. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. 
Any other Zoomers want to chime in? Thank you, Alan. Janet, go ahead. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> um, I'm just really thankful for um, being able to rest in the Lord. And it comes more naturally these days than ever before. And I can't really say why. Maybe just the fact that I got to go through some hard times and just experience, you know, what 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 do you do? You know, you just kind of lay back and in the arms of the father and let him take you, you know. And that's been very good for me. And so, and it's um, increased my joy and my faith and just the ability to rest. So I'm really grateful for rest in difficult times. It's very, very important to me now just to um, not be anxious, but know, know everything that Alan just said. It's the power of Jesus that works in me and through me and around me. And we can really trust him really <laughs> it's just amazing how much, how great he is and be he can work beyond and above all that we could ever ask or think so those are things i'm really grateful for um and how much he loves every person just so um what's the word so enormously so intensely he he really thoroughly yeah uh he's just enamored that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> with every child yeah and uh i mean and he knows our name as richard said um he knows so i have just realized the importance of asking a person their name and knowing their name it's just it, it helps me to connect to that person not they're not just somebody they have a name every person has a name every child um that's so i'm i'm kind of rambling now <laughs> but, realization of that is that name carries an identity and, it, and that identity comes from god it comes from who god created them to be and the vision that he had in creation and so it's a very significant thing. It's a very, very significant thing. Very, yeah. very cool. Very cool. Can I, can I share something? Absolutely, yeah. So I want to, well, I want to say that I'm grateful for my job because um, um, I couldn't work for a year because of having a head injury. And um, so I like, um, I've been working now for two weeks and, um, definitely was scared of like whether or not I can even do, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Dang it. <Crying's> okay. <laughs> um, and I waited two months for this job and I got really super frustrated and, um, and I still have bad days physically and I just wanted to give up and choose something else. And this job has already been like so amazing. And even just like, um, 
like we have next week off. And so I was like, okay, I just have to make it through two weeks. And then I get a week off and then I only have to make it through three weeks and then I get two weeks off. And, and, um, and I, I did have to call out last Friday. Um, but they were just so like loving about it. And so like, it's just, I guess my whole point is just that it's been like the perfect job. Um, to let me heal and to let me gather the strength I need to gather and to like start um, physically getting there again. And, um, um, but it also ends up being like the, um, just the best co coworkers I've ever worked with. I've never seen such a healthy school and they're like, everyone just really likes each other and we crack jokes all day and like we just everyone's just really supportive of each other even though we have like 20 teachers out with covid stuff and um and it's so it's kind of insane too but um but so i am working i got put in the seventh grade i so i am an educational assistant for special education and i'm in the seventh grade and they have not had a um, special education teacher this year. And so they put me in there because I've worked with it before. And um, and it has like been, I had worked with the sixth grade, they were fine, eighth grade was terrible. And when they put me in the seventh grade, it was just like that sweet spot in mm. life where you're just like, you're in the right spot. And like, it was just not, and it's not even just my kids, but like all of seventh grade are just like drawn to me and and it's it's really interesting. And today, today specifically is like perfect for this because in the middle of the night I woke up just with all the I've for the, the year that I was struggling with head injury, I just I thought God hated me. And I really, really, really struggled with that. And it's only been a few weeks, you know, of, of like trying to reprocess that. And today, like in the middle of the night, I woke up with all that like overwhelming, like feeling hated and feeling like everyone hates me and stuff. And then I went to school and I like, it was an insane day with these kids. There's, there's um, substitutes everywhere. So they're acting up. It's the last day of school, like all this stuff. So they're being naughty, you know? And, but like each class I walked into, it was like instantly the kids were like, I don't want to listen to you, but I'll listen to you. So I'll do the work for you, or I'll do this for you. And I just, it just like I just felt so loved today. And I know not every day is going to be like this, but I felt so loved and um, and so like I'm just in the right place. And I love these kids so much. And uh, already, and it's only been two weeks, and and like I was actually thinking throughout the day, like just how grateful I am for this job and all the different things and, and just feeling so loved by God and being able to look back at like everything I've gone through this last year and and just seeing like how God loved me and how like all of these different things was was him loving me. And and then, so I just I even this like I'm just like really happy that that like this is the topic tonight. <laughs> just confirmation that like okay, like, I'm loved, I'm so, so loved, and, and like, I'm starting to feel love again, and, and, That's good. yeah. So, do you know that you're a number two for me and Vicky, for instance, <laughs> and for the others here that you've been in our lives for a while? In other words, no. <laughs> number two is, wow, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working on the people that we love. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you. Bless you. That's wonderful.
That's wonderful. Any Zoomers, Riley? Okay. And you know what? It's not that everybody... I appreciate y'all sharing because obviously that, that helps us get a context for this thing, get some imagery. But I, I want you to walk away from here with the gift of knowing that the circumstances can't take our gratitude away. You just can't. They don't have the power. Go back. Welcome, welcome. Well, I had lots to say until my husband came up here and said it all. So thank you, dear. Thank you for being my better half. And uh, I truly love you and appreciate you. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is the fact that in our relationship, um, we're at a place which is just, I would have never dreamed that we would be in this place where we have time and we have the ability uh, financially to, to, like this conference that we just sat through for six days. Tim and I sat side by side from 10 o'clock in the morning until 4 in the afternoon and heard the most incredible 15 speakers. And... Um, talk about closeness, but uh, it was it was so neat because we, we were taking in things and we were discussing them and it was just an amazing time. The ascensions for us has been, for me it's helped me grow so much as a person. Uh, I lived in the world in business since I was 18, but there was nothing that has helped me develop as a person like the ascensions have. Yeah. And and I have learned to trust the Lord with the with the most minute inner urgings or thoughts or sensations that I never would have dreamed possible right. to have that close closeness with him. Then I want to thank the Lord for three things that just recently happened in our We've had a kitty for 15 years, and she's just the sweetest thing. One day I was looking at her in her bed, and there was blood dripping out of her mouth. And Tim and I, uh, we called the vet, and uh, we couldn't get her in until the next day. And we just had to commit her to the Lord. I mean, we just knew that this could be the end of 15 years of a wonderful relationship. Well, we took her in. They gave her two injections. We have our kitty back again. She had an abscess. I mean, it was the most phenomenal thing to just see her so helpless and so struggling. And then all of a sudden, just the Lord gave her back to us. I mean, there's no other words for it because they were surprised. The doctor I've talked to several times, and he says, I'm just amazed that she made this fantastic recovery. I'm not. I know God. Number two was the Bear Creek Fire. That brought up those old fears. Uh, Tim and I had a real struggle with that. And it brought up something in me of now I'm able to deal with it, is that underlying where we live, we live in the forest, dry stuff all around us. It's like a, well, difficult to understand, but we have a firebox that, you know, a box of our personal belongings that will sit by the door mm -hmm. because that's the life we live now. 
And, uh, but the Lord took care of that too. We were on pre-evacuation. We were, we had, and we were in town. I mean, you know, we couldn't even get home to even pre-evacuate. But anyway, I praise God that he took care of that. And the third thing was, something else happened too. That I, oh, I know what. On our way here, we live in the forest, we live in the woods. We saw a mountain lion tonight. Wow. Ran right in front of our car as we were coming down the mountain. I mean, we see, you know, to me, when I see a big buck, that to me is, thank you, Lord. I mean, it, it's, it's such a blessing to see the wild animals. But today was a, a, was a mountain lion, and that was, I was, I'm so grateful. That's thank cool. you, Lord. One thing gratitude does and Thanksgiving does is it does make you aware of what's going on around you. I mean, you know, you, you, you take notice of it when you say thank you. Just a beautiful thing. Anybody else? Pull that little thing down. It bends. So go. do I. <laughs> we should stand up. Um, mine's real simple. I mean, I have so much to be thankful for anyway, but um, there were, two, well, there's two things. One is I live in a, in a group of people, you know, where I work, there's so much fear, so much fear. Are we, are we going to have to take the vaccines? Are we going to have to, what are we going to do with, you know, staff with COVID and patients with COVID and all this kind of stuff? And uh, through the ascensions and through just time learning about the oneness of Father with me, that has become a, that has become a reality for me, and I am totally thrilled about that. Because in the mornings I've been getting up and going, give me this awareness. I mean, I know it in my head, but I'm not aware, you know, of this oneness. And so, uh, a few weeks ago, I fell and had a concussion. <laughs> fell at work and hit my head and had a concussion, and and so it left me kind of funky chicken, you know, like huh. You know, and so, so everything, the fear, all of, uh, the other fears and all of this stuff going, am I going to ever be the same? I actually got lost going to a friend's house and I went, oh my gosh, my brain's gone. And, but because of the oneness, I kept saying, no, you know, I'm one with the Father. I am one. And I don't have that mind. I don't have, and, but I could enter into that. And because of the teaching, and because of the practice, you know, the ascensions and the practice and all that kind of stuff, I was able to actually experience the healing of my brain, the healing of my knee. And even though, you know, it, my knee would hurt and my brain would kind of go out somewhere, um, now it's like back. Everything's back. But as I was walking through it, the fear would come. And I'd go, no, it's not me anymore. You know, I'm one with the Father. And he kept saying, in you, you know, in me I live. It, it, it's in him that I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. And so I kept quoting that and quoting that. And But it wasn't just a quoting. It was coming out from me now. And I'm so excited about that because you, you kind of want that. And you're hoping that that will happen sometime. But then when you're going through a situation and it actually becomes you, 
and you begin to walk in that, it's a whole different like, dude, this is really amazing. I don't even have to try. It's just like there. And that was, I'm so thankful that I fell and hit my head. I, who would have known? You know? <laughs> I mean, what a gracious thing for the Father. You know? <laughs> no, this is a great blessing. Anyway, and the second thing I'm thankful for is I have a greenhouse now. I've always wanted a little greenhouse, and uh, these people gave us some, what is that? Thing? Lexan. Eight by, um, no, six by 12, four, six by 12 uh, panels of this Lexian stuff, and well, what in the world am I going to do with that? And so we got an idea that we'd tear down the shed in the back and then make kind of a shed greenhouse, and I am doing, we've had a second harvest, we have stuff growing all over the place, of kale and spinach and Swiss chard and, and all kinds of stuff, and I go in there and I go, this is amazing, and I'm loving it. Amen. And the thing about it is that Tom and I, Tom and I are like little kids. We go out there and we look at the babies. And we, you know, he goes out and, and gets the lettuce for the supper meal and things like that. And, but that has brought us so another element of closeness, you know, where we can do all these things. And it's been a dream of ours for years and years and years. And, uh, now God has brought that to pass. And those are just those little things that, you know, you just kind of thank you, Papa. That's so sweet. So. That's great. So um, I started a page on Facebook, and um, it's by invitation only. But the fun thing about it was I was writing a paper for it on the ascensions and just listening to everybody talking about, you know, your prayer life and your encounters and your ascensions and things. One of the lines in it was, reformists took all the fun out of the Trinity. And um, I had Larry read it, and he started laughing over that. But I really do believe that that's true. And um, so when I look at these three things, what I'm finding in my life that is just so incredible is at any moment in time, any one of those three things can be had by me. So I can have God doing something of his work, love, purposes in me, or he will call forth somebody and say, go to lunch with them, and then I see it happening in them. Um, I just, I, I really love paying attention to the cosmos. Um, you know, I'm constantly um, looking up at the sky. I'm constantly wanting to understand why the cosmos is as incredible as it is and the functions behind it and everything. I'm not a scientist, I just like it because I like it. And so, you know, I just really want to encourage us that we can move into one, two, or three at any moment in time. And in doing it, we can, you know, it brings back the fun of being a Christian, the fun of being a person who knows the Trinity. It is a blast, you guys. And I'm so thankful for that because my, my spiritual life is no longer serious, if that makes sense. Because there was a time when it was a serious thing. Now it's a relational thing. And yes, it can get serious. But most of the time, I'm having a good time. 
And I'm thankful for that because I'll tell you what, the difference between then and now is wow. And I, I just love it. So be encouraged by that and just go after these things because it's all about relationship. Amen. So uh, I send you out into a restful weekend. I send you out into a, a short work week if you got work weeks. And I send you to Thanksgiving where you can remember clearly those three points. And God's at work in every one of them. And He will be around your Thanksgiving table too. Or whether it's a Zoom get-together or a real get-together or uh, you're all having a drive-in Thanksgiving dinner where you park your cars facing one another. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy yourselves. Blessing. I'll pop back there and say hi to the Zoomers in just a sec. <laughs>